in these next three weeks, we're going to talk around the idea of the question, who do you seek? Who do you seek? Who do you seek? That question we're going to answer in a few different ways over the next couple of weeks. Who do you seek? Seek is a word that we usually don't use except when we are children on the playground or in our house and we play a game called hide and Hide and seek. That's right. We play a game called hide and seek. And we all remember how you played, or maybe you played it uh, recently. I don't know. But um, someone goes and they are it, right? And they go and they cover their head and they count to whatever. Um, and uh, eventually they say, ready or not. That's right. They say, ready or not, here I come. And so someone hides or a group of people hide. And then the person that is it is designated the responsibility of seeking. So seeking means to find. And if you play hide and seek and you play with one of those people that doesn't actually seek you, you may sit under a bed or in a closet or in, in like a shower or something for a very, very long time because there may be just kind of like, eh, whatever, I don't really care. I don't really care about playing this game. But if you really are playing it the right way, you seek the person. You have to actually go look. You look under beds and you look in dark places and you look in places that would be hard to get to because that's the point. They hide and you are trying to seek them out. The actual definition of seek is, is what you might assume. It's to attempt to find. It's a desire to obtain or achieve something. So there's something you want and you desire that thing. So you try to obtain it. Maybe you desire a, uh, a, a certain job or something. And so you would seek that job. If you desire a relationship with a certain special someone, you seek that person and you go after them so that you might obtain or achieve a relationship or whatever, um, whatever situation you're in. So I want to ask again, who do you seek. Or maybe you would say it, what do you seek? Who do you seek? What do you seek? Maybe you're still not kind of following me. And, and so, so uh, let me explain a little bit further. Uh, we all as humans, we are all human beings, we as humans uh, desire some, some things to keep us alive. We desire food and water and air, uh, sleep, um, safety, clothing, shelter, those kind of things. Those are like our base needs. But after those come some, some secondary needs that are all um, common to, to many, uh, uh, to, to all humans. And they're essentially these three things. We all are looking for purpose. Everybody say purpose. purpose. We're all looking for a purpose. Why am I here? Why on earth am I alive? Why am I on this ball that's in the middle of space going at th- hundreds of thousands of miles an hour around a sun? Like, why am I doing this? Why am I here? We're all looking for a sense of belonging. Like, a, why, like, who do I belong to? This is why like clubs, like people will pay thousands of dollars to be in a country club for a sense of belonging. Or they'll pay thousands of dollars to be in some, some, some sport or, or, or like a fraternity or sorority or something for a sense of belonging. That this is why people do that, because we have a deep desire to belong to something. This is why um, communities, uh, faith, like churches and stuff, um, are very popular for many people and, and different things like that, because we all want to belong to something. And we're all looking for happiness. We're all looking to be fulfilled. That might be a better way of saying it. We're looking to be fulfilled by something. And we've all looked at... Um, looked after these things in, in a few different ways, and, and we've all done it, whether you're a Christian or not, whether you're young or old, we've all tried to find purpose, belonging, and happiness through success in school and on the sports field and in music. We've tried to find it through relationships with our friends and our family or through a, a relationship with a guy or a girl, and maybe you think, man, man, if I could just get in that relationship, if I could just be going out with that person or talking to that person, then I will be happy. 
then I will belong to someone and then everything will be better. And we think like relationships are going to give us those things. We, we look for acceptance. Or we're like trying to find a certain friend group. We think maybe, maybe, maybe if I have acceptance, then I'll have this sense of purpose and belonging and happiness. And then we, of course, look for pleasures. We look for, for vacations and stuff and money and sex and drugs and, and, and all kinds of things to make us feel like we belong, to make us feel like we are happy, to make us feel like I have a purpose. But the truth is, and the truth that we believe from Scripture and from experience and that we profess at United and at churches all over the world, billions of people believe this, is that we can only find our purpose, we can only find our belonging, and we can only find our joy, which is better than happiness because it's eternal, because it doesn't have to do with your circumstances, but it has to do with who Uh, who you are and who God is. We can only find those things in God. We can find our purpose, belonging, and joy only in God. He is the only one that can satisfy us in those ways. That's why people, that's why you see like uh, on the news all the time, people that are rich and famous and seem like they have everything commit suicide Or, or, or go down this road where they just destroy themselves and sabotage their lives. Why do they do this? Because they're looking for these things and they haven't found it yet. And in, uh, in John chapter 1, which is what we're going to look at, if you have a Bible, you can open up to that. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. It's the fourth gospel in the New Testament. John chapter 1. We're going to look at a couple guys that were seeking after something for a few verses. John chapter 1, verse 35. And uh, it's going to talk about a John. It's not talking about the John that wrote this book. It's talking about a guy named John the Baptist. Many of you know John the Baptist. He's the guy that wore uh, uh, animal skins and ate honey and, and, and bugs. And he lived out in the wilderness and he was a prophet. And he was the cousin of Jesus. And he was the one that was going to set the path for Jesus. To set the path for Jesus. And so he's a, he's a big guy in the Bible. It says, the next day, John was there again with two of his disciples, his followers, his friends. And he's standing there. And all of a sudden, someone walks by. It says, when he saw Jesus passing by. So imagine, he's down at the Jordan River. Jesus is maybe walking by on the other side, and he sees him, and he reacts like a lot of us react when we maybe see someone famous or something. Uh, I know we don't have like a ton of famous people in Jacksonville, but maybe you've been somewhere else, or maybe you've seen like a Jaguar or someone on like First Coast News or something. And, and you really, maybe, maybe you don't care. Maybe you're not like a fanboy of somebody, or, or maybe you do. But uh, no matter what, we usually have some kind of reaction. We do the fake thing. We're like, we like act like we're looking at our phone up here for some reason and we're really taking a picture of the person and zooming in on them. We might go up to them and like when I was little, we like, oh, I want them to like sign my napkin. Like that's worth something. Now you go and get a selfie. That's right. And that's a lot cooler. You go up to them, hey, can I take a selfie with you? And then you post and you're like, hey, look who I met. I met so-and-so that's on TV or so-and-so that uh, plays basketball or football. And um, we get excited. Um, if, if anything, you might tell the person next to you, you might whisper, hey, 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 look, isn't that the guy? Isn't that the girl? And, and we notice famous people. We notice celebrities. That's kind of what's going on here. This, this guy, Jesus, has been doing amazing things. And John, of course, knows Jesus. Even though he's his cousin, he also knows him as the Savior, the Son of God. And so he says, look, it's the Lamb of God. And when the two disciples of John heard him say this, what did they do? They followed Jesus. They followed Jesus. Look, John, you're great. We love the whole honey thing. We love like the kind of thing you're doing out here, you're baptizing people. You're a great guy. You're powerful. You're like calling out the Pharisees and all that. But we're going to follow God. 
Well, we're going to follow Jesus. We're going to follow the Lamb of God. Hope you don't mind, but we're out. We're going to follow him. And so they start kind of like creeping on him. They just, imagine they're just like walking after him, but they're staying kind of at a distance. And you can imagine the two guys are like, hey, man, say something. Say something. Hey, no, 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 you say something. And they're still, still like following behind him. And eventually he turns around. It says 38, verse 38, turning around, Jesus saw them following. And you can imagine at this point, they're like, oh, oh, oh crap, he's looking at us. He's looking at us, but look like you're looking somewhere else. What do you, go, say something. Say, say what you were going to say. We rehearsed it yesterday. We're gonna, we were going we to see Jesus, and we were going to say this, and we are going to look really smart. And Jesus asked a question. He says, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? That word want in the original Greek, which is what the New Testament was written in, is a word, zeteo. Everybody say zeteo. And this is what it means. It means to seek in order to find. It means to aim for, to strive after. Jesus is saying, what do you seek? Who do you seek? What do you want? He's asking them this deep question. And he'd actually use this word a couple times later. In Matthew 6.33, some people are asking him about like, man, we're worried about food and, and shelter and clothing and all these things. Like, man, like how, how is this stuff going to work out? And Jesus says, seek first. He uses that same word. Zeteo, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all that other stuff will take care of itself. Later in Matthew um, chapter 7, verse 7, he's talking about uh, God and he says, if you knock, the door is going to be answered. And if you seek, you will find. See, both of these are promises. What Jesus is saying is if you seek God, you will find him. That's a promise. God, sometimes people think like, oh, God's so mysterious and he is, but like God does not exist to hide. He exists to be found. He wants to be found by you if you seek him out. That's a promise that he gives us. So I just want you to know that. If you seek God, you will find him. And so let's see how they react. They follow up, and they don't say what they want. It's like, again, they're like, oh, gosh, what do we say? What do we say? What do we say? And finally, one of them steps forward. He says, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And at this, Jesus is like, huh? I just asked you, what do you want? And you're asking me, like, what hotel I'm staying at? Like, you guys are idiots. And then he says, I want you to be my disciples. He says, come and you will see. And so they went and they saw where he was staying and they spent that day with him. They spent that day with him. And they would spend the next three years with Jesus. They would spend the next three years following after this man following after him and seeing miracles and hearing teachings and being a part of things they never could have imagined. They would eat with him. They'd sleep with him. They'd laugh. They'd cry. They'd work. They would do everything with Jesus. And he would change their entire lives because they sought after him. They went after him and they found him. And so often I have people say, like, how do I grow closer to God? What's my next step? I want to become a better Christian. I want to, I want to, I want to know more. I want to stop doing this, and I want to start doing this. Like, what do I do, Ryan? What's my next step? Here is the secret. Here is what this scripture tells us. We are called to seek God daily. We are called to seek God daily. Write that down if you're taking notes. Seek God daily. Now, here's the truth. Two days a week at life groups and at United, that's not daily. That's not enough to seek God daily. Um, one week in a year in the fall at Epworth, that's not daily. That's not 
enough. And now what I'm saying is not that it's not enough for him to love you. He loves us no matter what. What it isn't, it's, it's not enough to say that we're seeking God daily. A couple trips in the summer is not seeking God daily, is it? To seek God daily, we must do what? Seek God daily. Daily. See, God is too big to find quickly. The Bible says that his love, just his love, is, is like as deep as an ocean, as high as an ocean, as wide and as long. There are parts of the ocean, massive parts of the ocean, that we still have not discovered. And it's on our own planet. We know more about other planets than we do about what's at the bottom of our ocean. And that's just one part of who God is. See, we have to explore God. We have to search God. We have to seek God because we don't just open up a door and God's like, ah, you got me. You found me. You found out everything about me. And now you know me and you can just quit for the rest of your life. No, we have to seek after him. He's so big. He's so amazing. There's always something new. There's no time where I go to scripture and I'm like, yep, I already know that. Yep. I already got that. I mean, I look at scriptures that I've read 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 times, and I'll still get something new from them because God is working in it because I don't know everything. No one knows everything. See, even Jesus spent time with God daily. And God, Jesus was God. And Jesus is the son of God. And Jesus came from heaven to earth to die for our sins. And yet he still spent time with God daily. Here's just a few examples. Luke 5, 16. But Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. Matthew 14, 23. After he had sent the crowds away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Mark 1, 35. In the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. We are called to seek God daily. So some of you may be saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Who do I seek? I want to seek God. I I want to seek him daily. But how? How do I do that? How do I do that? How do I spend time with God daily? What do I read? How do I pray? How long do I pray? Should I journal? Should I not journal? What books should I look at? Should I do a devotional or should I just look at the Bible? Like, Like how do I do this daily thing? Well, before we, we get into that, because we're going to get into that, I want to be practical. Before we get to that, I want us to think about the purpose of a quiet time. I want us to think about the purpose of spending time with God daily. Here is the purpose. The purpose is to grow closer to God. Very simple. That's the purpose. The purpose of spending time with God is to spend time with God. The purpose of spending time with God is to get to get, know God better, is to get to understand him better, is to become more like him. And so if we know the purpose, now we can get into how we do it. Because here's the truth. The truth about seeking God daily, whether you're a Christian or not, if, you're, if you've done it for a long time or if you haven't, because this is something that I just have recently really been learning over the past few months, and I, and I heard recently and I loved. This is the truth. Jesus is the prize. Jesus is the prize. Jesus is the prize. When you spend time with God daily, the prize is Jesus. It is not biblical knowledge. When I grew up and we were like in the Sunday school age and it was like, how many verses can I memorize? How much can I learn? How how many things can I know? That was the prize. But that's not the prize of quiet time. And if that's your prize, you're missing the point. The prize is not having a good habit. It's not having like this, this habit that will make you a better person. That's not the prize. That might happen, but it's not the prize of spending time with God daily. The prize is not getting better at prayer or praying longer or or praying more eloquently or praying in tongues or prophesying. That's not the prize. It's not the prize. The prize is Jesus. Being a good Christian is not the prize. 
Being a good little boy or girl, doing all your, your chores and having great morals and not having sex and not doing drugs and getting good grades and obeying your father and mother. That's not the prize of spending time with God daily. Will it happen? Yes. We are very, very big believers in that if you spend time with God, you become like God. Those things will happen because you spend time with God. But, but that's not the prize. The prize is not trying harder. It's not getting better. It's not having sin management and being like, oh, I just, I'm going to, this year it's going to be different. I'm going to go back to school and every Friday night I'm going to lock myself in a room in handcuffs and I'm not going to go out and I'm not going to do anything that's bad. I'm going to, I'm going to just like lock myself away and I will be good this year. That doesn't work. It doesn't work because inside you haven't been changed. See, the prize is not getting better or trying harder. The prize is Jesus. We're going to continue. The prize is not having a highlighted journal or having a really long journal or having a Bible full of writing. Those are all great things. Those are great things. And those are signs that you've been reading and you stayed in the word, but those are not the prize. Showing off our our, our experience is not the prize. Going on mission trips is not the prize. Coming to every United and every airport, that's not the prize of spending time with God daily. Jesus is the prize. Reading the whole Bible verse, verse by verse or memorizing everything and knowing everything from cover to cover and saying, well, I've read Leviticus 87 times and I know all the laws of the Jewish people. That's not the prize. The prize is Jesus. Maybe you're catching on. Not even posting your quiet time to Instagram is the prize. I know, and I love when y'all do that, and it's a great witness, so I want you to keep on doing it, but that's not the prize. Just because you have it all together with your quiet time doesn't make that the prize. That's great, but Jesus is the prize. In Psalm 27, for a few hundred years before Jesus was even a thought in the minds of people, there's a guy named King David. We know King David. Even if you've never been to church, you know David and Goliath. David killed the giant. And, uh, and this is my favorite psalm, and it's amazing. And, and David's talking about God, and he got this. He understood the prize. He understood that God was the prize, that Jesus was the prize, even before Jesus was around, because this is what he says. He says, one thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek. Notice that same word, seek. Hundreds, thousands of years before. This only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all of the What's that say? All of the days of my life, daily, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. See, David got it. This is the whole point. The whole point is that Jesus is the prize. The reason we worship in here, why we have all the lights and everything, don't ever get it twisted. Like the lights aren't the point. The sermons aren't the point. Even the Bible's not the point. The point is Jesus. Okay, the point is Jesus. The point is God. The point is spending time with him and getting to know him better. And so let's ask that question again. Let's get practical. What should we do for our quiet times? How do we seek God daily? Here's the answer. Whatever helps you grow closer to God is what you should do. And you might say, well, that doesn't help me. I want you to tell me to spend 20 minutes reading five verses and then uh, answer these questions and then journal for five minutes and then, and, then, uh, and then spend a little bit of time listening to worship and then pray uh, with thanksgiving and pray with praise and then pray for other people and then pray uh, for yourself. And, and then maybe if you have some time listening, and, and have, give me the whole equation. There is no equation. If you do that, that'd be great. I'd love for you to do what I just said, but that isn't the point. There is no right or wrong. There is no right or wrong when it comes to seeking God daily because Jesus is the prize. Whatever it takes for you to become closer to Jesus, that is your daily seeking of God. 
And so let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Is reading the Bible something that will help you get to know Jesus? Yes. Yes. So you should read the Bible. Does it mean you have to read the Bible every day, the same amount, every single time? No. Maybe one day you read one verse. Maybe another day you stop halfway through because you're like, oh my gosh, I got to just sit here because this is amazing. Maybe one day, um, maybe one day you read three chapters. I, I don't know what it is for you, but reading the scripture will get you closer to God, but it's not the right way. It's just a way. And you don't have to do it every day to say, oh, I'm a good Christian. I checked off my thing. In fact, if you're doing quiet time just to check it off, you're missing the point because the point is Jesus, not a checklist. The point is Jesus. And so what helps you grow closer to God? If it's reading the Bible, do that. If it's talking to God about your life, which is what prayer is, just telling him, man, this is what happened today, God. This is what's going on with my family. This is what's going on at school. This is what I'm worried about. This is what, what's coming up in my life. This is what my, my grandmother's going through or my friend's going through. This is, this is what I'm feeling. I'm feeling lonely. I'm feeling happy. I'm feeling scared. I'm feeling joyful. Like, oh, this, is, this is what's going on, God. Maybe that helps you grow closer to God. And prayer is a major way to grow closer to God. Maybe, maybe the best way because it's a relationship and you talk to God and you become closer to God. Just like when you talk to someone on the phone or you, you talk to someone via text or whatever, you hang out with someone face to face, you get to know them better. What helps you grow closer to God? And, and here's the thing, what, ha- what worked last year might not work this year. I'm having to learn this right now in my own life, just for a little, a little uh, uh, kind of self-reflection because there was a time about uh, three months ago for the year previous to that, where I, most days, woke up early and in the morning, set aside one hour, and I spent a, f- a full hour spending time with God. The most I'd ever spent with, my, with God in my life, and it was amazing. But I'm realizing that now, I can't do it. I moved into a house, and that got me busy, and I, stopped, I got out of the rhythm, and now I have a baby, and that doesn't make it any easier. And I'm realizing that I have to daily seek after God. And that doesn't mean I check off my box with an hour. It might mean that I have to do what Jesus said in Matthew 6, I have to seek first. So when I get home and I got 15 minutes while the baby's asleep and Karen's doing something else and I got 15 minutes, instead of saying, well, I didn't wake up early today. I shouldn't, I guess I just missed my quiet time. No, I spend 15 minutes with him. And then maybe I get 10 minutes later. And then maybe on the way to work, I get a few minutes to just think and meditate on God. But I've, I'm learning that I have to like piece it together because what worked last year isn't necessarily going to work this year. What worked in your senior year is not necessarily going to work in college. For those of you that just graduated, for those of you who, who were in high, middle school last year and you're going into high school, what worked then might not work now. What worked over the summer might not work in the future because your faith is not like just like a step-by-step thing. It's, it's like it's rotation. And sometimes it's great and sometimes it's not. And sometimes certain things work and certain times other things don't work or do work. But the truth is that we just have to ask ourselves what helps us grow closer to God. Sometimes it's just listening. We do good at talking, don't we? Oh God, I need this and this and this. And God's like, okay, let, let, me, let me help you with that. And you're like, hold on God, let me tell you about something else I need. And we just interrupt and we interrupt and we don't even give ourselves a chance to listen to God. And I'm not gonna say, sit up here and say that I've heard his voice, but I've felt his voice. He's spoken to me when I sit quietly, when I ignore the world and when I journal or when I think about what God might have for me. Maybe it's listening to God. Maybe it's just worship music. 
We have a Spotify playlist that has all the stuff that we sing up here uh, for you guys to listen to. There's sometimes when I'm driving down the road, if you were to drive up next to me, you'd be like, that guy is crazy. Because I'm like slinging my head and I'm like slamming the steering wheel and I've got like goosebumps all over my body. Like it's Saturday night at Epworth and I am so freaking pumped up on worship. And I'm not here and I'm not at Epworth and I'm not at camp and I'm not at a Hillsong conference. I'm in my car listening to a, a speaker system play a song that was recorded eight years ago in California. And that's because that worship music can bring you closer to God. And you can spend that time with God. And if that's what brings you closer to God, do that. Listen to worship music for 30 minutes a day, but don't hold so tightly to that that you don't think, hey, maybe something later will change. Maybe maybe I'll start journaling then, or maybe I'll start listening more. And maybe journaling is the way to go. I know for a long time, I thought only girls do that. Only, only, only like the really holy girls do that. And they got all their, their color coded and their, their pencils and it's pretty and all that kind of stuff. I, I, don't, I don't journal. But about three years ago, I started journaling. And guess what? It's great. It's great. It's amazing because I'm able to write down my thoughts in one place. And, and I'm able to look back on prayers and look back at answered prayers and all of that. But that helps me grow closer to God. Maybe that's the answer for you. Maybe talking to people about God is your answer. And you may say, well, that's not quiet time. Yes, it is. Because we're not talking about quiet time necessarily. We're talking about seeking God daily. If you have someone that helps you seek God daily and you talk to them about God and it helps you grow closer to God, guess what? You just sought God daily. I got a guy, for those of you who uh, uh, go to Jamaica, you know a friend of mine named Pastor Marshall. Pastor Marshall's an incredible guy. He's my age. And uh, like nobody I talk to makes me feel closer to God than he does. Like I can talk to him and he just starts just sharing like what's God speaking to him. He starts sharing about scripture and then I start sharing what God's speaking to me. And like, I leave that place feeling closer to God. Guess what? I might go to bed that night and say, man, I didn't do my quiet time. Yes, I did. I did my quiet time. I sought God that day by speaking for 15 or 20 minutes to Marshall in a way that made me love God more. And if it makes you love God more, guess what? That's success. We've got to stop, we got to stop this whole like Sunday school thing of like, well, I have to do it this way every single day for the rest of my life for 20.3 minutes. And it has to be in the morning and it has to be in my room at my desk with all my stuff. And I've got to do it this way and that way. Like we got to get out of that. That's an immature way of looking at quiet time. And I've fallen into that trap. I fall into that trap still where I just feel like, man, I missed it today because I can't do it. And God's like, hey, you got 15 minutes right now. Read a Psalm, read Luke. Listen to me, pray to me. And so I'm having to do that. I'm learning that I wake up in the middle of the night and I have to rock Sinclair and I'm so freaking pissed off at her for staying awake and getting me no sleep. And I realize, hey, guess what? God speaks to me in this soft voice. He's like, hey, you know what? You could pray to me right now. You're not gonna have time in the morning. Maybe you should pray to me right now while you're rocking her and the lights are off and it's quiet and no one else in the world is paying attention except for me. That is seeking God daily. There is no right or wrong. There is no perfect way to do it. It's just whatever helps you grow closer to God. And so here's a daily question I want you to ask yourself this week. Am I seeking me or am I seeking God? Maybe you ask yourself this in the morning. Am I seeking me or am I seeking God? Because God says, seek first my kingdom. Maybe in the afternoon you say, am I seeking me or am I seeking God? And you realize, man, I haven't thought about God once today. That's a sign. Maybe you should spend some time with him. And maybe it's prayer that day. Maybe it's listening. Maybe it's some combination of everything I just said. And you spend four hours with God that day. Great. You might not spend four hours the next day. It might be 10 minutes. But we are called to seek God daily. That's what David talked about, seeking God daily. So ask yourself, am I seeking me 
or am I seeking God? And if you find that you're seeking you, do one of these things. Read the Bible, pray, listen, listen to some worship music, worship him, journal your thoughts, talk to people about God, pick your place, pick your time, do whatever you gotta do. But if it results in you growing closer to God, do it. That is what it means to seek God daily. Here's what I wanna do. I wanna pray over you guys. So I want you to just, hey, wrap your arms around each other. We do this every once in a while. And I know you might know, not know the person to the left and the right of you, but wrap your arms around each other. You can do this without talking, I promise. I promise. It's possible. Wrap your arms around each other. I just want to pray over you guys. I want to pray over the adults. I want to pray over myself. I want to pray over the students that we would seek God this year. Because if we go home each day and we seek God, he will change everything. What if we came to United and it wasn't like, fill me up, Ryan, I'm empty. I need a sermon. I need a word. I need a Hillsong song. I need a Jesus culture song. Fill me up because I'm dry and I need your help. What if we came in and we said, man, you wouldn't believe what God spoke to me at 7 05 on Tuesday morning, right before school, I was sitting in my car. Man, you wouldn't, you wouldn't believe what God's been teaching me this, this year in my quiet times. Man, and, I, and you come to Unite and you're just pumped up and you just worship him and you celebrate what he's done. Imagine if you went to life groups and all of a sudden, instead of being like, oh, what are we talking about this week? Oh my gosh. What if you were like, man, whatever, United, I don't even care about that. Guess what God told me this morning just to me through this scripture and Psalms? Man, this, this is incredible. Imagine if that happened to each and every one of us, how amazing this year can be, how amazing God could work in our midst. So I wanna pray over you. Heavenly Father, we need you. We need you this year. From the sixth graders to the the people that are parents in this room, to the people that are in their 50s or 60s or 70s, Lord, I pray for each and every one of us, myself included, that we would seek you daily, that it would be a daily choice to say, am I seeking me or am I seeking God? Lord, we need you. You're the prize. Your son is the prize. Lord, if the prize becomes about us, we're seeking us and we need to seek you. Help us reconnect with you. Lord, help us find that thing that in this season of our life will help us grow closer to you. Help us not be prideful about it. Help us not think this is about us or making ourselves better or checking off a box, but help us seek you. And Lord, please, please, please help us not believe the lie that we're too young. I'm just a sixth grader. I can't do a quiet time. Yes, you can. I'm just a, I'm just a 10th grader. I can't do a quiet time. I'll do it when I have kids or I'll do it when I'm older. I'll do it in college. Lord, help us not believe that lie. Help us not believe that lie. Help us seek you daily starting now. Lord, we need you. Lord, I pray we'll depend on you. We love you. Thank you for loving us in your name. Amen.